Welcome to another episode of Canberra Eats. I'm your host, Felix Vasquez. On the show, we interviewed Matt Kirshner of Red Naps Dairy Bar in Rochester, Michigan. Now, Matt is the owner, and he's going to talk about a lot of different things, some of the most interesting marketing techniques I think you've seen a small mom-and-pop restaurant undertake to date. And he'll talk about how that's driving business, social media attention, and some of the uh, personal outreach he's doing in the community. Let's get to the interview. With me today, I have Matt Kirshner. Is that a, did I say that right, Matt? Yeah, it's perfect. Right. Hey, Matt. So Matt is the owner of Red Naps in Rochester, Michigan. Welcome, Matt. Tell us a little bit about Red Naps. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate you reaching out. So Red Naps has been around for 73 years this year. They just celebrated 73 in July. It got established in 1950 by a gentleman named Red Knapp. That was his name. <laughs> At first, when him and his buddies built the cinder block walls for the structure of the business, there was just dirt floors in there. And he brought his son, Roger and Butch in there and kind of took a stick and kind of drew like, this is where the counter is going to be. This is where we're going to put the ice cream. These are the horseshoe bars. You know, all the stools will go here and kind of gave him the rundown before this place actually like really started getting built. And over time, you know, Red had it for a good chunk of time and then passed it down to his son, Roger. And he ran it for quite a few years. And then Roger ended up selling it to his brother, Butch. So it was still within the Naps family. And Butch had it pretty much up until I took over about three years ago. So like pretty much like everything that it was, when you step inside, it's exactly the same. I had a theory at the beginning is if I come in and I start changing things, like people are just going to just walk out on me. And it's just like the, the 70 years that they built, it's just going to go out the window. And I made a promise to Roger when I took over that I was going to help live on their father's legacy. That was something very important to him. He didn't want to see it turn into a shoe store or turn into anything else. Like they had multiple buyers at the time. Like there's a Comet Burger in Royal Oak. They tried to grab it. They were going to turn it into a Comet Burger in Rochester. And there's a couple of other big names that wanted that spot, but I got fortunate enough to, uh, to take over. So I have a funny story because I'm probably the only restauranteur that spent a decade trying to get out of restaurants before he saw an amazing opportunity and, and bought one in a pandemic. Right. So it was just kind of like crazy circumstances. But when I was 22, I had an opportunity to buy into a pizzeria. They were going to offer me equity, just no cash down, just to stay and basically operate everything. And I just, I was running the numbers. I'm like, there's four of the people that own this thing. I would be the fifth. And it just financially wouldn't make sense. Like, even if we did this thing doing millions of dollars, like there just wouldn't be a lot left over for me in the back end. So I turned it down, but like for six months, I was like, just made the biggest mistake ever. Like I've wanted to own businesses like my entire life, literally since I was nine. And it's like, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? But I made a promise to myself that if I ever saw another opportunity that I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to think twice. I'm just going to just dive all in. And that was, that was Red Naps. So I was working in fine dining before I took over Red Naps. So I went through pizza, family restaurants, fine dining. And then when Red Naps came up, it was kind of like, okay, this this is my my time to shine. I got to go for it. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, going to be my follow-up. How, how involved were you prior to this in, in food service? So obviously you've, you've had that experience. Have you always been from the, and we should mention, obviously it's Rochester, Michigan. That's a little bit north of Detroit, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Troy, which is like <clears throat> basically borders Rochester. 
but I was only like the, most of the time I spent in Rochester was working like literally the building right next door. It's like butted up. That's the fine dining spot I was at, but I would literally like, you know, drive in and then like drive out. So I didn't spend a ton of time in Rochester, but like I said, this thing was right next door and it was like COVID hit when I was working in fine dining and like all my friends got laid off, like 60 people just out of a job. It was like me, my sous chef, my kitchen manager, my general manager, and my brother. And like, we were just running carry out. So like, I was like, look, if, if you, if I'm allowed to work, like I'll work seven days a week. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to be out of a job. I've always like worked a lot of hours or worked two jobs. So I was like cleaning like this ventilation system in the kitchen and the owner of the building walks in or not the building, the, the business walks in. He's like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm just, I want to just, you know, keep him busy at this point. Cause it's like how many people are ordering steak and lobster tails to go, you know, right. we had, so we had some people, we had enough to like, you know, pay the bills, but you know, it just wasn't a lot. So we just keep him busy. And he's like, aren't you in a management position? I'm like, look, I'm just trying to do my own thing. Like I, I appreciate what I'm learning here, but I just, you know, I'm just really focused on, on getting my own thing going. And shortly after I heard him talking about buying the place next door, someone kind of like brought it up. So I just kind of like slid into that conversation. He's in the seventies or eighties. I was like, there's no way you're going to want to run this. So like, you know, just let me run it, whatever. But he ended up opening another restaurant, literally like block and a half down. So he's like, like I'm just going to focus on this one. Like if you want me to introduce you to this guy, like I'll be happy to do it. Okay. So like, that's kind of how that all came into place. He introduced me to Roger and then Roger vetted me for like a month, made sure I was the right fit. And then like, I kind of just like opened right after that. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Now what brought uh, your business to, to, to my attention, obviously from TikTok, uh, and uh, you have this interesting thing that you started or, or, or that you've been in for a little while and you're still doing it. You go around town and you just basically ask people for their opinion of one of the milkshakes you hand out. So let's talk talk about that kind of community slash, you know, kind of guerrilla on the streets kind of marketing. Where'd you get that idea and how's, how's it going for you? Yeah. So it started over a year ago and I honestly like didn't think too much of it at the beginning. Just like, okay, like, you know, go to Costco and like there's 10 people sitting outside and they sample things, right? People test it. They don't necessarily rate it, but if they like it, they buy it. So kind of went with that theory and was just like, let's just go to weird places that like people are going like, what are you doing here with this cooler? <laughs> you know, like, like um, libraries, what, what, what are some of the places you've been to? Target, Oakland University, libraries. Yeah. I mean, the Woodward Dream Cruise, which is a popular thing here in Michigan. Yeah, I just try to like get in random spaces and just like, I think the fact that I'm like walking through a Target, people are like, like probably shouldn't be here doing this, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I, don't know, I think it's like kind of like a wow factor. It brings a lot of attention. But, you know, I, I started by doing food content originally. I, I was like, oh, Gordon Ramsay's like really like popular, obviously. But like he spends a lot of time on TikTok duetting people. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to start a series where I just like put weird stuff in burgers. Like I'll put gummy worms in burgers and cotton candy and like just off the wall stuff, you know, again, to like just get attention really. And so I did that for 63 days in a row. And on the 63 day, I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm scrolling on TikTok. And then I'm like, whoa, my, my face pops up next to Gordon Ramsay. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he finally duetted it. It's just insane. So, but, but why I'm saying that is I kind of got burnt out on like the food content. Cause I had to be like, so creative for like 63 days. Like, what am I going to do next? Like what's next? And so like, I was like, just trying to find new series. And then this, this milkshake thing kind of came into play. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and, and just see where it goes. And, and even to this day, like a year, over a year later, people, I'm like, 
you know, a lot of people come to the restaurant from TikTok and mm -hmm. uh, Instagram and all that. And so I asked like, what's your favorite series? And like, oh, and then like the Target video always comes up. Like, oh, your pasta milkshakes in Target. Like, okay. Exactly. Well, yeah. People love it. So I just keep doing it. <laughs> so what was the, the burger recipe that Gordon got his attention? Yeah. So Takis were trending really hard back then too, the chips. And so we put Takis inside of a burger and then we did like an egg wash and we crushed up Takis and then we like deep fried the burger in Taki crumbs. And I had a samurai sword and I like chopped it at the end. So that ended up being the one that got his attention. But it was, that series was a lot of fun though. We had a, a fun, like putting everything together. My team has like been so awesome since day one. Like I've had like the same staff for the last two to three years. We've had, you know, a little turnover, but for the most part, the core core group has been with me since day one. So it's like, I don't know, A, watching these guys grow up is, is super cool, but like having them help me with like the creative aspect, because again, like I never managed myself in restaurants. Okay. So like the people that are with me are like a lot of my friends that came from fine dining. So we got like 65 years of fine dining experience in this tiny, I don't know, uh, 1500 square foot burger joint. So. Right, right. So, and the reason you guys obviously milkshakes is a big uh, part of your menu. That's is, is going back to the restaurant a little bit, is that has the menu changed at all slightly from where it's been years past or do you guys try different things? How, how is that? Yeah, so, so Red originally had a bar across the street, you know, in a building, but he watched a lot of his regulars just kind of drink away their paychecks. So he's like, you know what? I don't want to be in the bar scene anymore. I'm going to go open a dairy bar. So Red Naps is technically a dairy bar. It's called Red Naps Dairy Bar. So like milkshakes is like kind of like our, our our core, you know, that's something that like we've really known for. Like a lot of people just come in just for a milkshake and then go walk around downtown, you know. So but burgers and milkshakes are like the big thing. So, of course, like I just kept on that theme. But like before they had like egg salad sandwiches and they had a couple of things, but it was mainly just like very simple burgers, bacon, cheeseburger, burger with lettuce, tomato. So I wanted to like have a little bit of creative freedom, which three years in, I realized it's, it's a little difficult for something that's been around for so long. Like people really just want what they want when they come here, but I did elevate the menu a little bit. So now we have like a truffle burger with like all of our sauces, like 13 sauces made in house. So we got a truffle aioli. We got a Hawaiian burger. The pineapple ring is like marinated in brown sugar and like it's just stacked. And like, so we got a lot of like new things as far as that goes but the bakery next door actually has been making our buns for 73 years so we have these like interesting like flat buns that are really flowery you really can't get them anywhere like they custom make them for us bring them over we hand cut them and then like we sell them to order and stuff yeah. so the core stuff is the same like our onion rings we're always been known for too because we'll just take a full onion chop it down the center and then pop out the rings so you got these like massive onion rings that we hand batter and hand fry to order so I did like, again, I didn't want to like scare anyone off by like making crazy changes. So like I just did subtle changes like over time to where people got used to us, like me and my team and what we're trying to do versus like trying to just flip everything from day one. And I think honestly, that's been a big part of our success is because we like, I didn't even tell anyone I was the owner for a while. I just kind of, <laughs> I would walk around to talk to tables and see how everything's going. Right. And everyone thought it was weird because like that wasn't traditionally how this burger place was done. Like it was just like, you come in, you eat and you leave. Yeah. So like, I did try to get a lot of insights and like, I always dressed this in like my normal, like clothes, like there's like shorts or sweatpants. Like people don't usually assume that I'm the owner. Sometimes it gets brought in conversation, but I just Moral wanted to get insights. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a little more open when you're when you're just kind of like one one the crowd. Exactly, for sure. Right. Now, the other thing you do, I noticed, is if somebody follows you on uh, is it Instagram, they they get a pre uh, pre shake as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, the cool thing about that too is like if you look at it from the lens of like I was already doing that, but I would have to drive 15 minutes and then I would only have six shakes. So I'd only be able to get six videos and I'd have to drive back and then reload the shakes and go out. Well, this kid walks in one day and he's like got his hat side, but like he was just trying to be goofy and like he had the sunglasses backwards and he's like, hey man, I follow you. Can I get a free milkshake? And I'm like, I was like, if you allow me to put you on video and you do that exactly the same thing i got you 100 percent. so like he he pretty much inspired that series yeah. yeah and then after he did it this a group of three people came in and we did it again i was like all right film it and then it literally popped off a million views on instagram and i was like okay there's something to this i'm like if more people come in i'm just gonna say yes because like i'm already giving out free milkshakes for the honest rating review and I might as well just like keep doing it. And the cool thing about it is so like, I kind of like track everything and for every $10 of milkshakes I give away, it ends up bringing in about $140 worth of food sales. So it's like, it ended up working out really well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna keep this going. Yeah, for definitely. So the one thing I want to talk a little bit to you about is obviously all these interesting ways you, you market, put out uh, or get attention on all these channels. And it's a little bit, so, you know, I would say it's not common for an uh, independent restaurant to, to do that. So is so when you see some of these small mom and pop businesses, things like that, do you think this is something they should spend a little more time in it, as far as cultivating kind of a bit of a following, a bit of a, a personality online? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like there's a couple of different things about this too. Like my long-term ambitions is like, what it's always been is to been like an entertainer. So like I spent eight years, my first business when I was like a teenager was building an entertainment company. So like I never like made music personally, but I would like record behind the scenes and I would like try to do and stuff like that. So, and, and as well as like network and bring other like. Sorry, you're cutting out all bit. Yeah, it's all good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I spent eight years and trying to build an entertainment company and like I've always wanted to entertain, like that's always been a big thing for me. Uh, so for me, my long-term ambitions is to continue to build a personal brand online where I entertain and or educate people and just, you know, like, I don't know, I went through like a lot of dark times when I was younger. It was like 11 years of like really bad depression and I always found outlets in, you know, whether it's a TV show or a movie or something that that pulled me out of where my head was. So like I, something that's always been important to me. So I guess it really depends on the person's vision. I think for, from a restaurant standpoint, this restaurant is, it's a staple in the town. And a lot of people like say it's a staple in the town, but when I was going back and I was just relooking at the PNLs from when I originally bought over, cause when I was 26, like I kind of knew, but I didn't really know. I was just kind of like, you know, I'll figure this thing out, you know? So like I'm back in the house, man, like what was I thinking here? Cause like this essentially was a failing business and it had been around for 70 years, but like the amount that it was bringing in just did not compute to the amount of time you have to put into it, at least in my opinion. So like we've had 30% growth year after year and year one in the pandemic, we double sales. So but I really believe like it all to be because of social media. Right. And I have not done any like paid advertising. 
I haven't really done anything outside of that. I just film content a couple of times a week and then I give myself 14, 28 videos and I just post them every day. So I would say like, if you're looking for growth outside of what you already have, cause it's one thing to just get by and I could have got by what they've done for the last 70 years, but I, I love business. I've always wanted to see how I can learn and grow and build a business versus just like, again, getting by. So I, I think if, if you're looking to grow your business, you should absolutely like look into it. And if someone tells you like, <laughs> it always cracks me up when someone's like, I don't have time for that. Well, it's yeah. like, do you just like have to prioritize time and and like what i've learned is if you can take an hour out of your day or out of your week for that matter and go film 28 videos you know then you have a lot of content you just got to figure out how to edit it and like do all the back end stuff or you can hire somebody but like you know most restaurants don't make that much money so like they don't have a lot of money for marketing so it's like, you just got to spend a little extra time doing the thing, learning the thing, you know, sit down for like, I think it's like 40 focused hours. You can pretty much become proficient in any task. So it's like, as long as you spend that time over the couple months, like if you're planning on being in a restaurant for your rest of your life, then it's like, it's worth spending that 40 hours to figure this thing out in my opinion. So that is true. And I think, you know, that's, that's where you see all these different social media, all these channels, they all come up and go away and new ones come up and all that. And you know, the, the thing I always look at is just the consistency. Just mm -hmm. kind of a participate, start. Again, it's it's one thing to expect the instant results versus just the, the, the showing up day, day in, day out. And, and like you said, I think your approach is uh, fantastic. You know, kind of like batch a bunch of content, then you have it ready to go for, for the week or have a main number of days there. Okay, T talk a little bit about your, your community outreach because you also, obviously besides all these fun, engaging kind of videos, Let's do serious stuff. You know, you guys reach out to donations and things like that to, to homeless and, and all these other folks throughout your community there. Talk about where that comes from. And again, where, where do you see that going? For sure. So that's something that's like always been important to me because when I was 18, I was homeless for about a year and a half. So I ended up like getting a lot of trouble too. And just like, just being a knucklehead, being stupid. But you know, when I was homeless in that time, it's not that like, I was always like laying in a gutter or under a bridge, right? There was a lot of people that helped me when I wasn't able to help myself. And a lot of it tied in with the depression that I talked about before too. It's just like, I didn't really care what happened to me. So I just kind of like went through the motions in a lot of ways. But because of like the amount of people that helped me get to where I'm at today, not just like from the restaurant, but like way before, like when I was homeless and all this stuff is like, I made a promise to myself that if I was ever able to get out of the homeless situation that I would do my best to give back. So six years ago, I started uh, a code drive. I was like just getting out of homelessness. Like had to convince like three of my friends to move out with me so we could have cheap rent, have our own space. And they all did. And so like, it was just like, my rent was like 333 bucks. I was working at that pizzeria. I was just like, can make this work, you know? And I was just like, I gotta, I gotta do more. I wanted to start creating content around the same time. Like I had launched a podcast, but I'm like, what do I talk about? I'm like super introverted. This is like, maybe this will help me like not be introverted anymore. I can like work through this thing. And so like when I launched a podcast, I was like, I haven't done anything yet. I have nothing to talk about. And then I was like, wait, I like I've overcome being homeless. So like, why don't I do that? That's why that I can do that. So I started a code drive and I just like, so I made my first post and I was just like, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. If anyone wants to donate, I'm going to like do these resource backpacks with like lists of where shelters are, which 
later on, like now I realize it's less important because everyone knows where the shelters are, but neither here nor there. So I started that and and each year this code drive has just gotten bigger and bigger. And last year, Moose Jaw donated like $20,000 with the brand new jackets in package, tags still on it. So like that was like a really eye-opening too because like the the first year in NAPS, it was really hard for me like to figure out the business and do the code drive. So like I still did it, but I wasn't like fully invested. We got a good amount of donations. I'll still be able to pass them out. But like now that things are more organized, like I got my numbers in order, I'm like, okay, like, I can reach out to these big companies and be like, hey, do you want to donate? It's good for you. It's good for me. And we can help a lot of people along the way. So I've been doing that. This year will be the six. So I've been doing that for five years. And then I got to the point again, too. I was like, you know, I got this restaurant, like people need to eat. So like, why don't I go to the closest shelter? I'll cook up like 20 burgers and I'll just see if anyone's interested. You know, even if there's like four people there and they all end up getting five burgers, then whatever they got food for tomorrow and the next day. So, so I just went up to the shelter and I just like the last three months or almost three months now I've gone every Wednesday and I've just been building relationships with these people there. I bring food every week. I started a GoFundMe to get some more underwear. Cause like, you know, I've been putting a decent amount of money into this thing, you know, feeding them and, and bringing underwear. And then I was like, well, if I could raise some money too. Like I'd much rather have my social, community be one of people that want to give back. So if I start interjecting more of my love for that into this, then hopefully I can find other people that are interested too. So that's another thing. It's kind of a long-term play for me. It's like, I want to continue to do this forever with the code drive with like, you know, the weekly feedings, like even like my 30, 40 year plan is what it's been since I was 18 when I was homeless. I was like, I want to have shelters, but not just shelters, but like shelters that like actually educate because like, it's one thing to like house somebody and it's another thing to be like, okay, this is how you get a credit card. This is how you budget your money. This is how you get a job. This is like how to do the thing versus just like here, there's somewhere to lay your head, you know? So, and that's what I noticed most of these shelters are. It's just somewhere to lay your head. And it's like, I can do more of an education based one that, yeah, there might be more rules and more stipulations, but if you follow the rules, like you're going to like have a good life after this, you know, it's just like, my wife asked me the other day, she or yes, last night, she's like, she's like, why do you think like these people are homeless? And I was just like, you know, a lot of it is like, she got raised in such an awesome way. Like before she was 18, her mom set up the credit card, right? So she was already building credit. They opened a business together. So she got the business credit, you know, the bank accounts, like all the things to be successful. Like where I came from, like I didn't have that. And so like retrospect, I'm thinking it's like, it's probably just a lot of how someone's raised, you know, they're not taught how to do the normal things that most people are. Most people take for granted for that point. So it's like, I, I don't know, I just want to go all in on that for a long-term play. So that's why like right now I'm put, putting out more content like that, but I still don't film every time I'm there. Like I sure. just I want to like, I want to build the relationships first before I just shove a camera in their face, you know? Yeah, no, you're yeah. Uh, that's 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 uh, fantastic. That's a great great mission there. Where do you see business? What how how are how are trends now? Obviously, it's we're a little bit removed from pandemic. How's the the local economy doing? How's your business doing? And what do you what what are things going forward for you? Uh, so far, like I said, we've had steady thirty percent growth year after year, which I'm forever grateful for. And I understand organic content the stuff that i make is all just like there's no money behind it i just i get excited about something i go do it and then you know it either works or it doesn't but right now i am learning the paid side of things because i am curious to see okay how does this hook 
interact with this call to action? And like, how do I like understand that side of things? Because I want to take that 30% growth to like 60 or 90% growth. Cause like, again, like I got into this because I enjoy building the thing unless about just like, like, it's not even like the money side, like that doesn't drive me. It's just like the process of building. And so I think where I see Red Naps personally, it's like, I'm now just starting to tell a lot of my guests this, but pretty much from day one, like my intention was I signed a five-year lease and I just wanted to be able to get enough capital to, and experience to launch my next thing. And my theory was if I took on one of the hardest industries first, then pretty much anything I did after that would be not easier, but I would have a better understanding. So in two years, my lease will be up uh, and like all my team knows this, like I'm, it sucks because like they've been with me since day one and I'm like, I've been prepping them for years to like, make sure you have a plan after this, make sure like, you know, a lot of them are in high school and college. Like, what do you want to do? What could you see yourself doing? What makes you happy? So like some of them are like starting to leave and like start that next venture, which is awesome. They're still with me part-time just to like, see it out with me to the end. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I just want everyone to be set up for success when this thing is done, because I don't want to, I mean, if, if, if someone comes over and buys it, which they will, like the original family, I'm going to go to them first and say, Hey, you know, is this uh, something you want back? I'm about 99% sure they will, because I took it from a failing, almost failing business to where it's at today. But if not, I got, I got four of the people that have already came to me and are interested in buying it. So my plan for the restaurant is to get out of restaurants. Like I had a plan for the last decade plus, <laughs> but I am like so forever grateful for all the experience that I've learned through this. My wife and I just started a e-commerce business. So I'm going to start learning how to like sell things online because we're also starting a family. And my theory is like, if I can have the most time with my kids and that's me sitting in my office right now, knocking out a couple hours of work, going to film some content, cause that's still like, I'm, I wanna continue to build the personal brand of entertaining people and educating people on like how to make money from their houses and stuff like that. I don't know if I'll make too much content about that, but like there's a, I don't know if you saw like any of my Bushman content where like how they jumped out of the bush. Like I wanna do more fun stuff like, like that. That stuff really excites me. And like people come in because of that too. Like, oh, I saw the Bushman. Okay. So uh, as far as current economy goes, like for the last couple of years, I've had a gut feeling that the economy is getting ready to crash. Then they raised the debt ceiling. So it's like extending this thing. So it's like how much longer until we get a recession? If we do, is this depression? So like, I've, I'm always like cognizant of that. And I got like a separate menu too, like in case the world does fall apart, like, you know, the burger count, the beef count is just going to go down. The topping counts will go down, which means I can provide more affordable meals for people. And I'll do like family meals and stuff. So like, I kind of got all that drawn out worst case scenario. But I'm hoping with this paid side of things that I can start like even bringing more people in the door. So that way, when the Nash family does end up taking over, like they're off to a really good start. But I'm not giving them any of my socials. Like <laughs> I'm keeping those. I have we're over 200,000 followers across five platforms. I'm like, I just I want to keep that. <laughs> you did, well, you've done a fantastic job with that. And it's certainly for uh a kind of local business bringing a lot of excitement to with all the all the creative ways that, that you you handled the outside the kitchen kind of work so that's phenomenal now one last thing before we wrap up here i do have to ask you what is your favorite kind of shake that you guys make oh my favorite i'm like super basic when it comes to this stuff i like a chocolate malt so we're one of the few people that don't do soft serve for their malts so okay. like if you do soft serve and put the malt powder in it just in my opinion it tastes a little low off but we use like fresh scooped ice cream. So it's like we got malt powder, fresh scoop ice cream, good chocolate syrup. So that that's definitely my 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 favorite for sure. Awesome. 
All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining us, Matt. Wishing Absolutely. Best. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching. For more information, visit CamberEats.com. And until next time, stay hungry.